Volume two, chapter one of Gwen Wynne. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Gwen Wynne, A Romance of the Wye, by Main Reed. Volume two, chapter one. A tardy messenger. Father Rogier has arrived at Abergann, slipped off his galoshes, left them with his hat in the entrance passage, and stepped inside the parlour. There is a bright coal fire chirping in the grate, for, although not absolutely cold, the air is damp and raw from the rain which has fallen during the earlier hours of the day. He has not come direct from his house at the ferry, but up the meadows from below, along paths that are muddy with wet grass overhanging, hence his having on india-rubber overshoes, spare of flesh and thin-blooded, he is sensitive to cold. Feeling it now, he draws a chair to the fire and sits down with his feet rested on the fender. For a time he has it all to himself. The farmer is still outside looking after his cattle and setting things up for the night, while Mrs. Morgan, after receiving him, has made excuse to the kitchen to set the frying pan on the coals. Already the sausages can be heard frizzling, while their savoury odour is borne everywhere throughout the house. Before sitting down, the priest had helped himself to a glass of sherry, and, after taking a mouthful or two, set it on the mantel-shelf with inconvenient reach. It would have been brandy were there any on the table, but for the time satisfied with the wine, he sits sipping it, his eyes now and then directed towards the door. This is shut, Mrs. Morgan having closed it after her as she went out. There is a certain restlessness in his glances, as though he were impatient for the door to be reopened and someone to enter. And so is he, though Mrs. Morgan herself is not the someone, but her daughter. Gregoire Rogier has been a fast fellow in his youth, before assuming the cassock a very mauvais sujet. Even now in the maturer age, and despite his vows of celibacy, he has partiality for the sex and a keen eye to female beauty. The fresh, youthful charms of the farmer's daughter have many a time made it water, more than the now stale attractions of a limp, nay, Renault. She is not the only disciple of his flock he delights in drawing to the confessional, but there is a vast difference between the mistress of Glingog and the maiden of Abigan. Unlike are they as Lucretia Borgia to that other Lucretia, victim of Tarquin Fee, and the priest knows he must deal with them in a very different manner. He cannot himself have Mary Morgan for a wife. He does not wish to, but it may serve his purpose equally well were she to become the wife of Richard Dempsey. Hence his giving support to the pretensions of the poacher, not all unselfish. Eagerly watching the door, he at length sees it pushed open and by a woman, but not the one he is wishing for, only Mrs. Morgan re-entering to speak apologies for delay in serving supper. It will be on the table in a trice. Without paying much attention to what she says or giving thought to her excuses, he asks in a drawl of assumed indifference, Where is Mademoiselle Marie? Not on the sick list, I hope. Oh, no, your reverence. She was never in better health in her life, I'm happy to say. Attending to culinary matters, I presume. Bothering herself on my account, too. Really, madam, I wish you wouldn't take so much trouble when I come to pay you these little visits. Calls of duty. Above all, that Mamselle should be scorching her fair cheeks before a kitchen fire. She's not. Nothing of the kind, Father Rogier. 
dressing maybe that isn't needed either to receive poor me no she's not dressing ah what then pardon me for appearing inquisitive i merely wish to have a word with her before monsieur your husband comes in relating to a matter of the sunday school she's at home isn't she not just this minute she soon will be what out at this hour yes she has gone up to the ferry on an errand i wonder you didn't meet her which way did you come father rogier the path or the lane neither nor from the ferry i've been down the river on visitation duty and came up through the meadows it's rather a dark night for your daughter to have gone upon an errand not alone i take it yes she went alone but why madam mrs morgan had not intended to say anything about the nature of the message but it must come out now well your reverence she answers laughing it's rather an amusing matter as you'll say yourself when i tell it to you tell it pray it's all through a cat our big tom ah tom what jeu d'esprit has he been perpetrating not much of a joke after all but more the other way the mischievous creature got into the pantry and somehow upset a bottle indeed i broke it to pieces cat maudit but what has that to do with your daughter's going to the ferry everything it was a bottle of best french brandy unfortunately the only one we had in the house and as they say misfortunes never do come single it so happened our boy was away after the cows and nobody else i could spare so i've sent mary to the welsh harp for another i know your reverence prefers brandy to wine madam your very kind thoughtfulness deserves my warmest thanks but i'm really sorry at your having taken all this trouble to entertain me above all i regret its having entailed such a disagreeable duty upon your mademoiselle marie henceforth i shall feel reluctance in setting foot over your threshold don't say that father rogier please don't mary didn't think it disagreeable i should have been angry with her if she had on the contrary it was herself proposed going as the boy was out of the way and our girl in the kitchen busy about supper but poor it is i'm sorry to tell you and will need the drop of cognac to make it at all palatable you underrate your menu madame if it be anything like what i've been accustomed to at your table still i cannot help feeling regret at mademoiselle's having been sent to the ferry the road's in such condition and so dark too she may have a difficulty in finding her way which did she go by the path or the lane your own interrogatory to myself almost verbatim c'est drôle with but a vague comprehension of the interpolated french and latin phrases the farmer's wife makes rejoinder indeed i can't say which i never thought of asking her however mary's a sensible lass and surely wouldn't think of venturing over the footplank a night like this she knows it's loose ah she continues stepping to the window and looking out there be the moon up i'm glad of that she'll see her way now and get sooner home how long is it since she went off mrs morgan glances at the clock over the mantel soon she sees where the hands are exclaiming mercy me it's half past nine she's been gone a good hour her surprise is natural to rugs ferry is but a mile even by the lane and road twenty minutes to go and twenty more to return were enough how are the other twenty being spent buying a bottle of brandy across the counter and paying for it will not explain that should occupy scarce as many seconds 
besides the last words of the messenger at starting off were a promise of speedy return she has not kept it and what can be keeping her her mother asked this question but without being able to answer it she can neither tell nor guess but the priest more suspicious has his conjectures one giving him pain greatly exciting him though he does not show it instead with simulated calmness he says suppose i step out and see whether she be near at hand if your reverence would but please don't stay for her supper's quite ready and evan will be in by the time i get it dished i wonder what's detaining mary if she only knew what she would be less solicitous about the supper and more about the absent one no matter she continues cheering up the girl will surely be back before we sit down to the table if not she must go the priest had not stayed to hear the clause threatening to disentitle the tardy messenger he is too anxious to learn the cause of delay and in the hope of discovering it with a view to something besides he hastily claps on his hat without waiting to defend his feet with the galoshes then glides out and off across the garden mrs morgan remains in the doorway looking after him with an expression on her face not all contented perhaps she too has a foreboding of evil or it may be she but thinks of her daughter's future and that she is herself doing wrong by endeavouring to influence it in favour of a man about whom she has of late had heard discreditable rumours or perchance some suspicion of the priest himself may be stirring within her for there are scandals abroad concerning him that have reached even her ears whatever the cause there is shadow on her brow as she watches him pass out through the gate scarce dispelled by the bright blazing fire in the kitchen as she returns thither to direct the serving of the supper if she but knew the tale he father rogier is so soon to bring back she might not have left the door so soon or upon her own feet more likely have dropped down on its threshold to be carried from it fainting if not dead End of volume two, chapter one